Please welcome to the stage for a conversation on access to capital and economic development, President Scott Herman of the Rosebud Sioux Tribe, Chairman Rodney Butler of the Mashantucket Pequot Tribal Nation, Deputy Secretary Wally Adeyamo from the United States Department of the Treasury, Administrator Isabella Casillas-Guzman from the United States Small Business Administration. This discussion will be moderated by Chief Lynn Malerba, the Treasurer of the United States. Greetings and good day, my friends. I am honored to be able to moderate this panel this morning, but I'm honored by all of your presence here today, and I greet you all with a good heart and a good mind. Um, so I am pleased uh, to introduce our panel today. Um, sitting to the left of me, I have President Her Scott Herman, who is the ch president of the Rosebud Sioux Tribe in South Dakota. Uh, previously, he served as Vice President, Account Manager, and Antelope Council Representative of the Rosebud Sioux Tribe from 2015 until 2021. Prior to entering public service, Herman was an educator in the local public school system in Rosebud for nearly two decades. He received his master's from the Oglala Lakota College. Seated next to him is Chairman Rodney Butler from Mashantucket. Uh, prior to his election as chairman of the Mashantucket Pequot Tribal Nation, he served on the Mashantucket Pequot Tribal Council. Chairman Butler held the appointed position of tribal council treasurer, chaired the tribe's finance, housing, and judicial committees, and served as interim CEO for Foxwoods Resort Casino. As chairman, Butler's primary focus is to ensure long-term stability for the tribe's citizens, government, and business enterprises. Butler earned his bachelor's degree from the University of Connecticut. Seated next to him is Administrator Isabel Guzman. Let me just get my notes here. Um, she was sworn in as the 27th Administrator of the U.S. Small Business Administration on March 17, 2021. She serves as the voice of America's 3.25 million small business and innovative startups in President Joe Biden's cabinet. Administrator Guzman spent her early career in the private sector as a founder, advisor, and consultant. There she learned the crucial role small businesses play in creating paths to the American dream. She went on to commit herself to public service, serving as the Deputy Chief of Staff and Senior Advisor at the SBA and as the Small Business Advocate for the State of California. Under her leadership, the SBA has continued to scale dramatically while revamping programs and services to address crucial challenges, delivering hundreds of billions in relief to help millions of small businesses survive the pandemic. And I would encourage you to read her entire bio. Um, we're time limited and these bios are very impressive. Um, so I think it's worth spending a bit of time on the website. Next, I'd like to introduce Deputy Secretary Wally Adiemo from the Department of Treasury. On March 26, 2021, he was sworn in as a Deputy Secretary of Treasury. He has been at the center of many of the country's major economic policy decisions since the 2008 financial crisis and has worked in organizations across the public, private, and nonprofit sectors to build a stronger and fairer economy. 
This is his second tour at the Treasury Department. His first began during the early days of the Obama administration, rising uh, during the depths of the Great Recession. Rising through a variety of leadership roles at Treasury, Adiamo became the Senior Advisor and Deputy Chief of Staff under Secretary Tim Geithner and Secretary Jack Liu, as well as the Chief Negotiator for the Trans-Pacific Partnerships Provisions on Macroeconomic Policy. Prior, um, from 2015 to 2017, Adiamo served in the Obama White House as the Deputy National Secretary Advisor for International Economics and Deputy Director of the National Economic Council. He was responsible for coordinating the policymaking process related to international finance, trade, investment, energy, and environmental issues. And he served as President Obama's representative to the G7 and G20. So let's give them all a round of applause, please. So welcome to you all. Uh, the first question is for President Herman and for Chairman Butler. What is the current socioeconomic landscape in your community? And what are the barriers to accessing capital? So we'll turn to you, President Herman. Yeah, can you, uh, can you hear me out there? Oh, that's good, thank you. Um, first of all, let me talk a little bit about uh, where I come from. Uh, our, our reservation is also known as the Sichungu Nation, a burnt thigh nation. It's in South Dakota. Um, we have probably approximately uh, 36,000 members. 50% of those are 18 and over. Um, we have probably 24,000 members living on the reservation and our employment rate is like 85, unemployment rate is like 85% unemployment rate at this time. So we do de develop and we have a lot of places to, to that employ our, our membership. Um, one of them is our IHS. Uh, we have our local public schools, our tribal schools. Uh, we have a, a university, a tribal university um, that, uh, that provides a lot of employment. Um, BIA, IHS, just like any other reservation, we have those places that uh, are, are the main uh, providers of employment to our people. Um, we do have a lot of, we don't, we're not a rich casino. We have a small casino, but we, all of our revenue goes back into programs that uh, provide services to our people. So I just wanted you to know that, uh, that we, we are here, we have the same problems that we, everybody else has on the reservations as far as employment and creating businesses to, to employ our people. Uh, one of the barriers that we have in Indian country uh, is a chronic underfunding without access to capital. Indian country cannot uh, uh, address its most pressing needs without funding for basic infrastructure such as housing, grocery stores, community-based centers. Tribes are left with minimal resources to address the most critical issues. Uh, while many resources do exist, difficulty accessing those resources to take advantage of programs and funding opportunities prevents tribes from fully benefiting from them. Uh, we need outreach, engagement with uh, tribal governments about where, uh, where and how to access resources for increasing access to capital. We need a centralized platform for tribes to access federal financing opportunities. We on a reservation, we, we uh, create our, our own funding uh, 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 we got an organization called Lakota Funds, which we actually can borrow from their funds, but they don't have access to the capital as well. So uh, it would be nice if, uh, if our, uh, our treasury would uh, actually give them some type of uh, interest-free loans to, to be able to have access to capital to, for, for people that want to uh, create businesses. Um, 
Having one central source for all federal financing opportunities available to tribes, native entre entrepreneurs, and native CDFIs would reduce barriers to accessing funding. Providing these resources would also provide community-driven, smaller-scale uh, development projects funding to compete against larger businesses. Um, native entrepreneurs need access to grants and other fundings to build their businesses and advance economic opportunities within their community. Small businesses and smaller scale projects need special attention to foster economic development. Providing tribes access to state funding without having to go through the state itself is important to expanding critical projects and promoting tribal sovereignty. Uh, when I talk about that, we talk about direct funding that usually goes to the um, to sometimes uh, the funding sources go to the state and it's funneled through the, to the tribes. But on, on top of that, we like to have, we like to think that they would um, not, uh, when, they, when, we're, when we have access to that funding that the state gets, we would like to think that we, they wouldn't have to put any, any kind of conditions on as far as um, jurisdiction issues, our, our, our courts, our, our, something has goes wrong with our, with our funding, uh, we have to go to, to state court to, to resolve that issue. So, that's something that we have to work on with the states and make that a little bit better as far as providing a, a place that we can have our, so we wouldn't have to give up any kind of our sovereign, sovereign immunity. Um, lastly, having our land in trust should be an asset, but often it's an economic barrier because we cannot get the same loans. Trust lands cannot be pledged as collateral. Tribal-based businesses often have to incorporate off-trust lands to have better access to capital. Businesses, tribal businesses should have access to the same resources on their indigenous homelands as they would of trust lands. Now, on the reservation, we have a lot of businesses that want to come to our reservations, but they don't understand the, the trust land process as far as how it could be a benefit to them as far as, as uh, maybe, maybe work using that to, to be able to uh, provide ta tax breaks as far as be developing businesses on the, on the reservation, but a lot of a, a lot of those businesses don't want to come to the reservation because they they want to they're not educated enough to to realize that hey maybe this is a, a thing that we can benefit from instead of they shy away from it. So we're having a problem with attracting businesses on on the reservation as far as bringing them there and be able to keep them there. They don't want to invest in our in our in our tribal community. The other key to to be able to creating businesses is even having our, our own membership buy into um, the, uh, the, the, the economic development uh, ventures that we go into. A lot of times our own membership don't allow to be able to uh, buy into that. They take their business other ways off the reservations and the money doesn't stay there. So uh, those are some of the things that we, we uh, encounter as barriers for, for, for our tribe, as those are two tribes. So and I'm sure that every other tribe that probably has the same, same type of, of problems and barriers that we have. Thank you. Thank you, President Herman. And now we'll turn to Chairman Butler. Katapatash. Chairman Rodney Butler, good morning. Uh, and to all my relations here, it is an honor to be with you all. I'm Chairman Butler, uh, and it's especially an honor to sit on the same uh, stage as my dear uh, cousin, uh, Chief, always my Chief uh, Malerba, but also the first uh, Native Treasurer uh, in the United States. And so um, I think we all should give her an incredible round of applause for that accomplishment. So uh, President Herman actually touched on a lot of, uh, of great points, and I think the, the key statement that he made 
was regardless of large or small, economically successful or not, we all face the same challenges, it's just scale. Um, for us, uh, we are a incredibly small tribe, uh, but fortunate enough to be located between uh, two of the largest cities in the country, between Boston and New York, and so we don't take that for granted being in southeastern Connecticut between both Pequot and Mohegan. Um, but, but the generational trauma is real for all of us in the room. And so as many of the things that President Herman spoke of, we absolutely, every single one of us can relate. And we think about the intent of, of this panel that we're, here, that we're talking about today, access to capital, economic development. I think it's critically important to start with what that really is for, right? And it, it's a means to an end. It, it's not why we exist. It's, it's, it, it allows us to provide for our communities those key services and programs that many of, uh, if, if you speak to your governors and your legislators, they forget that you're a, you're a nation first. Yes, some of us have a successful economic development and many of us are pursuing economic development, but that's not why we exist. We exist because it's our inherent right to be there, our inherent right to self-govern, uh, and, and we need the federal government and the state, our surrounding states to recognize that um, and, and how important that is. And one of the things that, that also President Herman touched on was the, 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 our trust lands that we have and, and the challenges that we face uh, managing those. But just as important as managing those, it's a, you know, a dual-sided sword where we need to get more land and trust. That Having our land base ease our economic base and know how we're gonna grow our tribal economies. And I do have to praise uh, this administration and Secretary Hyland and uh, Assistant Secretary Newland for uh, their, their efforts, their current ongoing efforts to update the fee to trust process. Um, I think you know the, the ability to streamline that process, uh, to shorten the timeframes uh, to get uh, fee to trust. I know in prior administrations when you'd bring up that uh, we have an application that's been sitting out there for, for three or four or five years, they'd say, and, <laughs> right? Like, that's not long, and that, that shouldn't be. Those are our lands, and we need those back in order for us to build our communities, to build our tribal economies. Um, another key area that uh, related to that, to building those economies, uh, is, is, our, is, our, is the, our inherent sovereignty and our ability to exercise um, taxation as any other nation would on their lands. And one of the key issues that, uh, that we talk about often uh, is dual taxation and tax parity throughout Indian country. Um, and in no, other, in no other place in this country, and I have this conversation with my own governor back in Connecticut, um, do we allow an outside jurisdiction to come into uh, your lands? Uh, in, in, in the example of Connecticut, Rhode Island, the bordering state, cannot come into Connecticut and tax the Connecticut citizens. Why is that allowed in Indian country? And, it, and it's a key uh, uh, hurdle for economic development and on our lands. And so if you have a developer that wants to come in uh, and, and build you know, a gas station or a grocery store um, or apartments or what have you, and they're not sure whether they're gonna be taxed by you as a sovereign or the local jurisdiction, uh, that creates confusion for them and, and it, it hesitancy for them to invest. And so we deal with that frequently at Mash and Tucket and it's a common issue uh, throughout Indian country. But more importantly, it, it's a simple issue of parity, right? I mean, we should have the ability, the exclusive taxing right on our lands as anyone else, as any state does and any nation does. Um, and we think that's key to economic development, to unleashing economic development uh, throughout Indian country. And one of the key challenges that we face at Mash and Tucket and many of us face all throughout Indian country. Thank you, Chairman Butler. And also, um, 
you can't offer tax credits either, and, and that's a problem, you know, if you're trying to locate businesses on your reservation. Um, the next question is for Deputy Secretary Adiamo and Administrator Guzman. Uh, what are some of the steps the administration has taken so far to make progress and address these challenges? And so I'll turn to you first, Deputy Secretary Adiamo. Well, thank you so much, Chief Malerba. Um, and I think um, I'll join others in just commenting on the fact that a big piece for the Secretary and I, Secretary Yellen, who unfortunately couldn't be here today but wants to send her greetings, is making sure that when we came into office, we improved our nation-to-nation -nation relationships. And that required us to do extensive consultation. And in that consultation, uh, you not only talked about the need for access to capital, but for deepening the relationship and for setting up an office that would be a place where we would focus on native and tribal issues. And it's something that we did and we've done at the Treasury Department. And the person who is overseeing that office, who is driving the work of that office, is Chief Malerba. And it's being staffed by tribal members. And part of this is because we recognize that this is on, isn't only about money, but it's also about making sure that we improve access to information and that we deal with um, fundamental issues in our nation-to-nation -nation relationship. But when, you, when it comes to money, uh, you, more than $30 billion has been provided to um, tribal nations through the American Rescue Plan and other recovery-related plans. That is a historic amount of money. It's money that you're using to improve your communities. And I'll just talk about a few things that we've seen. For example, the um, Masclero Apache tribe, which is doing workforce training, or the Douglas Indian Association that's using the money to work on Fisher, to provide tribal fisheries um, education and other services. I could go on and on about the things that are being done by the 500 different tribes that have received these resources, but ultimately our goal is to make sure that this money is going to be transformative and to put you in a position to help your communities not only recover, but to be in a position where you can build for the future. Today we released a report that summarizes some of the impressive work that you are doing inside of your communities uh, with that $30 billion that have been provided to you. But we know that much more needs to be done. That's why, to the point that um, President Herman raised around access to capital, we're also providing money to community development financial institutions. There are in your nations, more than $50 million have been provided to them from the Treasury Department. And we provided more than $700 million through the state small business credit initiative um, to your nations as well. But ultimately, we know that this money is only useful if you're able to attract other private capital going forward. That's why we want to be in communication, why we want to make sure that we're working to improve our nation-to-nation -nation relations. And I know that Secretary Yellen appreciated the opportunity to come out and visit President Herman and to learn more about your community. And our goal going forward is not only to make sure that you have access to the capital, but that we make sure that you have access to the information and that the businesses understand why doing work and business in your in tribal nations is critical to not only um, your economic development, but it's also a real business opportunity for them. So ultimately our goal is to make sure that you get access to this money, but that also that you get access to the information that's critical to you in terms of how you have access to capital going forward. Thank you, Administrator Guzman. 
Yeah, the small business and entrepreneurship is that, uh, is that pathway to the American dream. It is that pathway to prosperity for so many of our communities. Uh, when President Biden talks about his economic agenda, uh, it's about creating an economy that works for everyone. It's creating competition, reinvesting in American innovation, uh, American-made, uh, and making sure that uh, we can build the economy from the bottom up and the middle out. And that's squarely where small businesses lie. We are startups, we are the ones who boot strapped to create uh, wealth in our communities uh, and uh, being able to develop small businesses and entrepreneurship on tribal lands uh, is, is such a critical priority uh, for the administration as we know that that leads to uh, you know, stronger community outcomes and stronger economic outcomes for our nation. Uh, President Biden, when he uh, first nominated me, uh, shared his concern. Obviously, we're in the middle of the COVID pandemic. Businesses were, uh, in many cases, closed still. Uh, you know, huge uh, challenges and struggles, and the SBA was the agency uh, put at the helm of trying to distribute uh, critical funding through the Paycheck Protection Program and other programs. But we saw that there was great disparity in access. And President Biden wanted to make sure that we could build the SBA uh, to better serve our small businesses and meet them where they are. Uh, and so my team and I have been really focusing on making sure that we can understand uh, who that small business owner is and meet their needs uh, and meet them where they are. You know, the, the SBA is responsible for uh, putting capital into the hands of small businesses so that they can grow. Uh, that's our main uh, strategy but within private partnership with the lending network across the nation, uh, both on loans and investments. Uh, we manage a portfolio uh, outputting about $50 billion a year uh, in our core lending programs, as well as our investment vehicles, uh, you know, providing debt and equity. So the, the programs, though, are obviously uh, are not accessed equally. And that's the priority of the Biden-Harris administration, is to ensure that we can have uh, equity and access. You know, small businesses have the grit, the determination, uh, the ability to make something out of their ideas and form it, but they need the tools and the resources to be successful. And under investment, uh, in those small businesses uh, leads to great inefficiencies in our economy because they're not able to create the jobs uh, or create the output uh, that, they, that they could uh, aspire to. Uh, you know, small businesses are responsible for the creation of two-thirds of net new jobs, uh, but young firms in their first two years are responsible for nearly all uh, new job creation. And so it is really critical that startups and small businesses uh, are supported. Uh, you know, the SBA uh, in 2021 really tried to focus on making sure that we could build those access points. We 5 x our network of uh, native uh, organizations that focus on entrepreneurship, growing to 40 grantees around the country thanks to the American Rescue Plan and our core grantee programs that are led uh, by my, my lead in my Office of Native American Affairs, Jackson Brasi, uh, who's here with me today. Uh, you know, and that really helped us get more funding into the hands of native-owned businesses uh, to the tune of over 2.2 billion uh, in the president's first year within our COVID relief programs. Uh, we want to now replicate those successes in all of our capital access programs and have been doing listening sessions around the country as well as our 
you know, tribal consultations uh, to make sure that we can truly help more entrepreneurs uh, either on reservation uh, or not to make sure that they can be successful uh, wherever they choose to be and that uh, the SBA's programs are relevant uh, and uh, meet their needs and the barriers and challenges that they've faced historically uh, in this country. So we are, um, you know, we've seen great progress with the Biden-Harris administration, but obviously so much more uh, to go to make sure that capital is not a barrier to successful entrepreneurship on tribal lands. Thank you all for your answers. Um, the next question is for everyone on the panel, and so we're just going to go right from President Herman on down the line. Um, what more needs to be done to sustain and accelerate economic development in Indian country? Uh, thank you again for the question. Uh, you know, I was thinking about uh, Secretary Yellen's visit to the Rosebud Reservation, and we, we took her around to uh, see what we was doing on the Rosebud and what we, what we, we some, of the, some of the ideas that we had proposed to her as far as what she can take back and maybe help uh, um, our, all tribes uh, with their economic development uh, ventures. Um, we, we, had, we, we had recently had some ARPA money and CARES money that we, we our, our tribal council uh, decided to prioritize and take care of some of our homeless uh, people and our, 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 some of our housing units that are, are so dilapidated that it needs fixing and re renovations. Um, we also decided to, to uh, appropriate some of our ARPA money to develop a um, ARPA construction office, it's called, to develop uh, and build 100 houses to, to basically um, to, to be able to maybe to, to, to for, the, for, the, for our membership to be able to buy back and to be able to sustain and maybe create a workforce to do that. Our local contractors for our ARPA construction office that are, are getting the jobs are really, really doing a good job. They're, they're, they're putting their, their skills to, to work. Um, it's creating a lot of jobs for our people. So we're very thankful for, for ARPA, ARPA funds that we have received for Rosebud. Um, but other things that we want to talk about is a little bit about all these young people that are out there going to college and they're coming out with these really um, nice business plans that, uh, that they want to get funded for and they just don't have the, the credit or the, 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 the access to capital that they should need to even get started. So I'm always getting phone calls from the young people that are saying, hey, um, this is my, I, I got an idea, I got my business degree, I want to start my own business, I want to um, do something good here for the, on the reservation. Um, but it doesn't happen because they can never get that capital to, to be able to do it. Um, the tribes don't have the, the resources to, as well to be able to help them get it started and some startup costs. There's a few instances where our tribe did take in our communities that there were, didn't have nothing, no kind of stores, nothing out there in their communities except for housing, housing units. Um, they did offer some type of grants to the tribe to be able to develop some type of business, businesses out in, their, in those communities. But uh, eventually they, 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 uh, they were successful and some of them were, were, were not so successful. But uh, eventually we, we can start doing that if we had some more um, funding to, to be able to provide to our people to develop in their communities. But that's one of the, 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 um, the, the, the I guess that's one of the answers to creating and making it better in, in our communities is be able to access capital, be able to ac access those, uh, those tax credits, 
to maybe uh, be able to get some interest-free um, loans from, from the Treasury or from even the SBA part of it as far as uh, some kind of agreement that we can uh, have with tribes for payback to help these young people that want to get started. Thank you. Yeah, I think there's uh, there's a few things here, and, and thank you, President Herman. Um, really, from my perspective, there's there's four high-level initiatives that we need to do, and and, and one just looking at the stage uh, is the permanent funding of the Office of Native. Uh, tr tribal and Native Affairs, the newly created office in Treasury. And again, it's monumental that we have that. We cannot lose that, right? It can't be subject to the next administration or the next administration. So permanent funding for that is critically important to provide uh, Chief Malerba and her team uh, the tools that they need to, to help all of us. And following on that, there's also the Tribal Treasury Advisory Committee, uh, which many of you may or may not be familiar with, and there's some members of the, the committee that are here today. Um, their focus has been uh, on, on tax issues, um, and it's a subcommittee of, the, of Treasury that advises Treasury, um, allowing them to broaden their scope beyond tax issues and to broader economic issues, I think is key, and also expanding their authority and what they can do and what they cannot do. Um, they've been very limited in, in scope and authority over the last few years, but still effective nonetheless. Um, and so those would be two areas in Treasury. Uh, there's also two uh, legislative efforts that are ongoing uh, that focus on tax parity um, and economic development in Indian country. Uh, Congressman Kine has a piece of legislation out there. Uh, Senator Cortez Mastro, uh, and congratulations to her on her successful reelection, has a piece of legislation out there that really goes to the heart of those tax issues that I was talking about earlier uh, and the need for us to have complete tax exclusivity uh, on our lands uh, and, and, and how we apply those. And so those are two key initiatives from a legislative perspective that we need to advance and, and support. And then lastly, I would add, and this goes back to, uh, again, to one of President Herman's points, and that, you know, we have been incredibly blessed in the last uh, two and a half years, despite the pandemic uh, and the challenges of that, but with unprecedented funding coming from the federal government uh, to, to, our, to our nations. And between CARES and ARPA and the IRA, um, it, it's great. It's billions of dollars that are, are available and, quite frankly, sitting on the shelf. And so we need to have clarity and access to those funds. We need to streamline the access to those funds. And then it goes back to a key point that I think Secretary Hyland made at the beginning of this conversation um, in, in that, you know, we as tribal leaders, we know how to take care of our people. So allow us the flexibility to, to, to take advantage of those funds and deploy those as we see fit within our communities uh, to be successful and to promote our economies and our nations. Thank you. Uh, yeah, the, the SBA focuses on access to capital clearly, but also the revenue growth opportunities, uh, you know, the opportunities to do contracting with the federal government, as well as technical assistance, and I referenced our expanding network uh, previously. Uh, but in terms of uh, access to capital that I want to lean into right now, you know, I talked about the listening sessions that I had, uh, you know, previously. Uh, around the country, my team uh, and I, as well as the consultations, uh, you know, everything that uh, that the president and the chairman have shared have been have rung true in terms of our experience with small businesses directly. Uh, you know, talking to small businesses that located off of reservation because they couldn't handle, uh, you know, dealing with the the challenges of accessing capital, uh, you know, by being on trust land or uh, you know businesses that may be located on but had to drive you know nearly 50 miles to ship their products and receive their products and, and conduct e-commerce business. And so, uh, you know, those are, are challenges that really resonate. And as a result, 
uh, of those conversations, we launched a native lending initiative, uh, which we announced uh, you know, last year, uh, and started to really dive into our network, which includes native CDFIs uh, that we're funding through the American Rescue Plan and our Community Navigator pilot program, uh, to really dig into the challenges and the barriers and what policy changes or, or statutory changes or regulatory changes need to uh, be implemented in order to improve our core lending programs, our investment vehicles. And so we, uh, we're so proud to have launched that Native Lending Initiative, but even more proud uh, that we are able to roll it out in a collaborative way across the whole of government uh, with the President's leadership uh, today. And that's uh, you know, Department of Treasury, Department of Interior, uh, USDA, as well as the Office of Management and Budget, and the, the Council of Economic Advisors, uh, and of course the Department of Interior, uh, have all gathered in an interagency initiative on access to capital. Uh, to make sure that we could uh, identify barriers uh, and uh, as well as uh, improve access. And so starting in uh, the first quarter of next year, we're going to start uh, creating those lists, uh, as, uh, as was mentioned, of, of all the resources and, and access to capital points within the federal government, uh, and then start to dive into reporting on the challenges, uh, in, whether they're statutory or regulatory or just uh, policy changes within the various agencies to try to improve those access points uh, and create an action plan to then address those issues uh, so that we can see some actual results, uh, track data, track our performance, and uh, make sure that we can open up the opportunities for accessing capital within the federal government uh, to more communities around the country because capital is king. It is what seeds these businesses around the country, and we want to make sure that from a whole of government perspective, uh, we're collaborating and finding best practices uh, to improve our lending to native entrepreneurs, to uh, you know, tribal-based businesses around the country. And I'm you know, proud to partner with the Department of Treasury and others, especially with their leadership, to, uh, to continue on uh, our journey that we started at the SBA last year and expand it to really make an impact. Well, let me commend um, the administrator for her work on access to capital. I think it's critically important that we have a focus on how capital can be accessed, thinking about how we can pull together information, how we can have conversations in a, as part of our nation-to-nation -nation relationship about what we can do in terms of access to capital. I think uh, President Herman raised a very important issue, which is how do we get access to capital to new entrepreneurs. The administrator talked about how new entrepreneurs are the ones who are creating a great deal of the jobs, um, both, um, both in Indian country but around the country more generally. And I think a big piece of this for us has been the state small business credit initiative, which, as I mentioned, provided 704, I believe, million dollars to um, tribal nations. And that amount, we intend for it to be um, leveraged and to attract $10 for every $1 we put in from getting money from the private sector and from nonprofits. So that should be a, that we're hoping that that will be a $7 billion pool of capital that can go to those small businesses because ultimately the thing that we want to do is to create a virtuous cycle in your communities in which small businesses can grow, they can create, employ, they can employ people in your communities and by growing those small businesses you grow your economy overall. In order to do that, 
you're going to, we want to do that in partnership with you, and that's going to require more than just the capital. It's going to require us to improve um, our relationship and to be in consultation with you. And that's why I think the points about making sure that the Office of Tribal and Native Affairs is funded is critical. That's why I think it's important for us to think about how we can better use the advisory committee to help better inform us. Recently, we held a consultation with more than 200 tribes on the Inflation Reduction Act climate provisions. And um, for those of you who aren't aware, as part of the Inflation Reduction Act that recently passed, there, were, there was about $370 billion of money set aside to help us deal with our climate challenge, but in a way that would also create um, economic opportunity so that we meet our climate goals while um, supporting jobs in our economy. Outside forecasters estimate that that $370 billion investment will lead to the private sector um, investing up to $3 trillion. That investment should happen all over the country, including an Indian country. And we want to make sure that we're consulting with you on how we can use those incentives to create economic opportunity in your communities going forward. And that's why we think that um, these conversations and improving our nation-to-nation -nation relationship is critical to making sure that we create a virtuous cycle in which economic opportunity in other parts of the country lead to economic opportunity in Indian country as well. And we look forward to continuing this relationship going forward. Well, thank you to all the panelists. You've all done a wonderful job kind of outlining where we are, but where we want to be. And I think that that's what's most important. We do have a couple of minutes for questions. Um, so I would ask um, Principal Deputy Secretary Wheezy to come and, and uh, moderate those questions. 